Hello, welcome to episode 18. My name is Nikia Anani and I'm the host of the Connected Generation podcast. Thank you for joining. For those of you that don't know who I am, who is Nikia? Nikia is a next gen, next generation coach and mentor. I am a speaker, author, and obviously a podcaster. (laughs) Today, we're carrying on our conversation. This is a three-part series on how can we reinvent the family business in light of this current world we face ourselves in. This is the third part, so if you've missed out, I'd recommend you watch both episodes 17 and 16. So today's um, episode focuses on platforms. How can we reinvent our platforms? So that speaks to business models and all that jazz. The other day, I came across a quote that left me quite reflective. And this quote said that when the world is changing, it's time to change your world. And I just found it so empowering. I love the fact that what is implied by whoever quoted it, I couldn't find, I couldn't find who, who was the author of that quote, right? But I just love what is implied by it is that we have the power to change our world, right? And essentially we can live a life by design. We are creative beings, we're full of so much resourcefulness, creativity, imagination, that we can change our world and we can change our family businesses. So on to today, reinventing our platforms. What exactly is a platform? I suspect it means something slightly different to everybody because when I was preparing for this, I was actually thinking, I had to think long and hard on what is a platform? Like, what is a definition of it? We know what it is, right? In the train station, it is that raised area that enables us to get onto the train, right? So thinking metaphorically, if us getting on the train represents concluding a sale, you know, getting some revenue, cash in the bank, that handshake, the deal is done, then the platform, in my mind, illustrates the customer touch points. This speaks to the interactions or experiences that the customer has with our family business. For example, this could be face-to-face walk into a physical store, should you have one, phone conversations, emails, interactions with your websites, seeing you on television, attending trade shows, conferences, seeing, hearing radio ads, podcasts. So there's so many touch points, right? And the interesting thing is that customers form opinions from each of these touch points. And each of these touch points may give them a slightly different perspective of your business. Statistically, it takes an average of eight touch points before a customer will decide on buying. Isn't that really interesting? Eight different touch points. So yeah, whilst we know that obviously every industry is different, right? And every single buyer is different. So that eight 
number of touch points is not like sacrosanct, right? It's indicative, but it just shows how important it is that we maintain different touch points with our kings and our kings are our customers, right? And in this disruptive era that we are in, you know, in order that we thrive, in order that our family businesses thrive, we may have to shift our customer touch points that we've historically used, right? So obviously offline touch points are not as effective and online ones will prove to be. And there was a stat I came across that overall online penetration in China increased by 20% in this COVID times. And that in Italy, they've seen that e-commerce sales for consumer products increased by 81% in just one week. So online, obviously, is the obvious um, place that we need to move our touch points onto. But in moving online, I think it's really important that we have to remind ourselves of the bigger picture. What is the point of a touch point, right? <laughs> point of a touch point. <laughs> Just realize that, yeah. <laughs> There's a play on words there. But the whole point is to build customer loyalty and trust, not to be robotic in just pushing sales alone. Sandy Carter, a leading voice in the tech and social media space, says that your social platform will become the motherboard of your business. And the motherboard in a computer is like the spine. It is the central backbone that connects the different parts of the computer together. Not only does it connect, but it also controls. So like the spinal cord in our bodies as human beings, it connects the muscles, the organs, and sensory systems to the brain. So Sandy Carter has kind of taken us to the main topic of discussion today, and that is social media as a platform, a more dominant touch point in today's world, right? And it's important to be there because, quite frankly, customers are there, especially millennials, Generation Z, and in Africa, 82% of the population are millennials and Generation Z and the upcoming generation, essentially under the age of 38. It's terrible, this social media prevalence. Like, some days I wake up in the morning, and obviously the first thing I grab is my phone. Firstly, it's my alarm clock. I don't actually have an alarm clock, <laughs> a physical alarm clock. Um, and usually, one of the first things I do is check social. Then maybe my emails. So social is top of mind for a lot of customers. And so as family businesses, we have to be on social media platforms. So we communicate with our customers and potential customers so that they get a sense of who are we as a brand? What are our values? What's our purpose? What are our products? Do we care about them? And then what are the benefits of these products and services? You know, it's really important that we showcase and we, we showcase and we are authentic to our company values and purpose. 
McKinsey Research demonstrates that 64% of customers will choose to buy from what they term as socially responsible brands. And in our current world, which is quite an isolated one, unfortunately, a lot of customers are craving connection, authentic, human-like connections, because let's face it, we are all social beings. I mean, this season has made it clear to me that I'm quite introverted. (laughs) I mean, by and large, I've been okay with the isolation, but in the last couple of weeks, I've started getting itchy, like, okay, this is enough. I want to interact with real people, not on a Zoom screen, you know. And so, yeah, we're human beings and we're social beings. So let's make the content on our social media platforms as human as possible so that an authentic connection actually translates. And because I think that customers can really sense when your company is just treating them as like a cog in the wheel, just a number, you know, as opposed to building a genuine connection through promoting conversation. Just like we all hate it, right? When someone we know approaches us, maybe calls or sends a WhatsApp messages, oh, it'd be so nice to catch up. Let's have lunch and talk work, life, relationships, family. And we're excited, genuinely, right? And then we get there. The person says, how are you? And before you can reply, fine. They begin to talk all about themselves and have favor upon favor, request upon request on how you can help them. It's like, it's not nice. Let's just be real, right? It leaves a really terrible taste in our mouth. And it's the same thing when we just seem like all we're focused on is revenue, 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 and not building a genuine connection with customers. So let's be real on social media, be genuine, seek to know how they are, using social media as just a facilitator for conversation. And traditionally, family businesses are excellent at this in building these authentic relationships because customers tend to prefer us to corporates because of that human touch. But the risk is that as we're translating into online, we may lose that human touch, right? So let's not become mechanical, but let it also translate online. And then there are some of you that will be like, okay, but my business is in an industry that must have a physical presence. Like all these online touch points are great for messaging, but a brick and mortar business that might not be necessarily easy to translate online. How do we, what do we do about that? I think we can still make modifications to the platforms you're using, the offline platforms you're using, just to reduce contact. So the aim will now be to make the physical operations as touch-free as possible. So maybe you're a supermarket or you're a restaurant or, you know, you can think about obviously home deliveries, curbside deliveries, drive-through services. The U.S., currently, they've seen a 20% increase in preference for no touch, right? Touchless kind of operations. Or you could even, you know, maintain your offline activities 
subject to government permitting you to. <laughs> Obviously, we're not doing anything that breaks the guidelines and rules from our government, but you just ensure that we have protective measures, right? So maybe you have things like plexiglass by the checkout to protect both the customers and the employees. And some of these changes will, will have long-lasting effects on customer preferences. So in China, for example, they've seen that there's been a 55% increase in consumers that intend to shift permanently to online grocery shopping. This tilt online is not without challenges because if you think about it, there will be a subset of the customers that had never bought online. So there will need to be some kind of hand-holding and coaching for those customers. And the last thing I just want to leave us with in our minds is to remember that most customers don't buy with their heads. They buy with their hearts. What do I mean by that? A lot of the time, it's emotional considerations that govern purchasing decisions. And then we then use rational logic to justify that emotional decision we've made. Does that make sense? Ladies, you know, <laughs> you know, that impulse by inside of us where we go to a physical store and we see this amazing outfit or shoes and we love it. And we love it not because we need it, right? Um, not because it's functional, not because it meets our budget, but because we feel that we will derive some pleasure from that outfit. Most customers are exactly the same. And so as family business owners, we have to be very aware of that. Nourishing that emotional component across time and space as we engage online without necessarily having in-person interactions. So that's it for today. Thank you so, so much. I hope you take good care of yourselves and God bless you.